The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills almost to the NFL draft, just over one week away, depending on when you are listening to this episode. And we will be there soon enough to see who will be the newest members of the Buffalo Bills. Um, It's interesting this year around draft time. I I think when you're picking 30th and you talk about the team, uh, there's been a little bit less hype around the draft. And I don't say that in a bad way, just not uh, when you're picking late in the first. There's so many options that are out there. It's a little bit tough for a fan base to uh, to certainly zero in. But I think there are two areas that fans have at least focused most of their attention at this point and what the Bills should do at pick 30. And that ties into a, a defensive end, edge rusher, or a cornerback. And I say that there certainly have been options, uh, myself included, talking about running back. And, and I still do like the idea of adding someone like a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne but probably more resigned to the fact now that that is not going to happen at 30. Maybe if it's something, if the running backs were to fall and it's an option at 61, yeah, I would certainly be all on board with that. But but more resigned to the fact that it's probably not going to happen at 30. Uh, I think sometimes you talk about offensive linemen. For me, it's someone like Creed Humphrey that I think, you know, screams, you know, Sean McDermott's process and flexibility and that he could play center or either guard position, um, a former wrestler, all those types of things that check a few boxes. But um, is that something that the Bills will look to invest that high of a draft pick in an offensive lineman, especially when you see that they've had this penchant to really get guys on these one-year contracts and that's worked out for them. And they've certainly have done that this offseason as well. So I think there's really been a consensus, and I shouldn't make that assumption. I'm sure there's some folks out there thinking a little bit differently, that at pick 30, the Bills should go with cornerback or with defensive end. So what I'm going to do on the podcast today, I'm going to run through two three-round mock drafts, courtesy of thedraftnetwork.com. If you are not using their mock draft machine, I would highly encourage you to do so. It's always a lot of fun. Um, just to see how some different scenarios play out. And, you know, the team over there, they are certainly plugged in. They are making adjustments to their big boards based on their analysis, but also what they hear from their sources and different scouts and league personnel um, to get a better understanding of where some guys might fit and where they can go. 
So I'm going to go two different scenarios here. And when I go through with these two different scenarios, here's kind of the deal that we're that we're talking about, right? One scenario for us is really going to tie in where we are focused on getting a cornerback in the first round, and the other one is going to be focused on an edge defender. Because in most of these scenarios, right, it's it plays out where there's some different options that are there that you can certainly take a look at and and see what would be a good fit. So I will run through two different three-round mock drafts because I think sometimes, at least for myself included, you know, I'll look at things and think to myself, well, who who would have been there? Who else is there at pick 30? Who could I have considered and what would have would have been available in this scenario? So right now, the first mock draft that I have, the guy's getting picked right before the Bills. And I'm sure some fans will look at this and cringe just a little bit. But at number uh, 24, Greg Newsom went to the Steelers. Najee Harris went at number 25 to the Jaguars. Aziz Ojaleri went at number 26 to the Browns. Joe Tryon at number 27 to the Ravens. It was Elijah Moore at number 28 to the Saints. And Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa at number 29. And uh, Koromoa, man, that, that is a guy, and I, I don't even, that's the wild card for me. If it is an opportunity for the Bills to pick him at 30, in my mind, that trumps defensive end and it trumps cornerback. And we can get one of those other guys at, in, in the second or third round or, or do something different there. He is a bit of a difference maker that I think can be that player that can be your third linebacker. He could be your slot corner. He can be a third safety. He can do a lot of different things for you when he is on the field. It's not that you are, are telling what your coverage is uh, when it comes to that alignment. But maybe that's a discussion for another day. I was surprised to see him there at number 29. But here are the players that come available. And let's focus on on the guys that are available at those positions at need. The top available player, Christian Barmore, interior defensive lineman from Alabama. Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky. Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. And then you've got the two running backs in Travis Etienne and Javante Williams, who are both there. For the sake of this conversation, I am going to look at the top edge rusher and the top cornerback. The top edge rusher is Jason Owe from Penn State. And at cornerback is Eric Stokes from Georgia. Um, you guys know if you've been reading uh, Mock Draft Monday, if you've been reading Mocking the Bills, um, Jason Owe is someone, the, the more that I have looked at, the more that I have read about, um, I've certainly become a, a fan of him based on his athleticism, the disruption that he causes in the backfield. I know people are going to say, well, he didn't have any sacks in 2020. You know, you look at that 2020 season, um, he was providing quarterback pressures. I mean, he had five sacks the year before, but, but I look at this 2020 year and statistically, and I think to myself, like, yeah, I, I don't know if the production is, is just the piece. And I know people will always bring up Aaron Maben. Listen, Aaron Maben had 12 sacks in his last season with Penn state, two different players, right? Like it, it's, it's not stop helmet scouting as Joe Marino would say. Um, in this scenario, when you take a look at Jason Oway, he is, he's kind of what, um, AJ Epinesa was not right. AJ Epinesa did not test well, does not have that uh, elite athleticism, but he had great production in college. He is still going to develop. I look forward to seeing what he can do in year two. Jason Oway, though, man, freak of a pro day, freak of an athlete, still at 265 pounds. Um, to me, in this scenario, let's go with him first as the edge defender. And then we can see how the rest of the board falls, right? Because in that, this situation, we look at it one where we will go with edge first, then we will go with cornerback. And in this case, I'm going to go with the edge first. 
Now, as we come up on pick 61, the guys getting picked right before the Bills at number 60, the Saints took Jabril Cox, the linebacker from LSU. Davian Nixon, interior defensive lineman from Iowa, goes at 59 to the Browns. Diami Brown, the wide receiver from North Carolina, going at number 58. And Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri, going at 57. Initially was a guy talked about as a potential first-round pick. I know early in the process, someone that many fans looked at as an option for the Bills if Matt Milano did not re-sign. But now let's take a look and see who is on the board when it comes to the cornerback position. You have got Aaron Robinson from University of Central Florida. Certainly a great option that is there. Um, Going down just a little bit, Elijah Molden from Washington, probably a bit more of a slot um, at this point. I mean, you could certainly address that as a need as this is the last year of Taron Johnson's contract. Um, And and there on the board, I will also see Afiatu Melifanwu from Syracuse, who in many situations I have looked at is really a great option for the Buffalo Bills. Now, another guy that is also there is Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell, cornerback from Georgia. Um, Joe Marino on the Locked On Bills podcast had mentioned that the Bills had been doing some extensive work on Campbell. That was something he mentioned on his podcast uh, last week, and I think that is something clearly of note because Joe is certainly not just in the know when it comes to the draft, but of course the Buffalo Bills. So that is someone that stands out on the board. Also was mocked in the second round to the Bills by Dane Brugler um, from The Athletic. And, you know, Dane Brugler, again, kind of one of the best in the business when it comes to this and what we what we look at um, from, you know, his the, the beast guide that he puts together. If you haven't checked it out yet, I would highly encourage you to do so. Um, for me, again, it comes a little bit to the regional bias. Um, I like the side that Melifon, size that Melifonwu brings to the table. Um, that is someone that I have kind of been pounding the table for. So I'm going to stick with him there because as I look at it, right, it's not just around the board. Aaron Robinson from Central Florida, <clears throat> someone I certainly like, does not bring the size that someone like Melifonwu does at this time. Um, he is, again, more suited to play in the slot. And at least in this scenario, I am looking more so at filling a need for quarterback two as opposed to in the slot. So I am going with Afiatu Melifanu from Syracuse. I know there are many of you on Twitter that I interact with that will be very happy with that pick. So now Jason Owe, right, picked with the first round selection. In the second round, addressing cornerback with Afiatu Melifanu. And then you start to see who will be available there in the third round. Other needs for the Bills, you can say, hey, they could still need to add a playmaker, whether it be at wide receiver or running back. Of course, interior defensive line. Um, And even though they are in a solid situation with the offensive line, adding depth, adding somebody on a cheap rookie contract that will be there for four years, is that something the Bills can look to do? Here are the top players that are available. Chaz Surratt, the linebacker from North Carolina. Janarius Robinson, the edge from Florida State. You've got a couple running backs in Michael Carter and Kenneth Gainwell. Another edge defender in Quincy Roche from Miami. Now we get into some of the uh, the offensive linemen. You've got Ben Cleveland there from Georgia, someone that stands out. Trey Sermon, another running back from Ohio State. And then let's talk about some of the tight ends that are available. You've got Hunter Long from Boston College sticking out on your board as an option in the third round. So 
you know, with this, right, I think in many fans, we've talked in the past about interior defensive linemen, maybe someone like a Tyler Shelvin, Ali McNeil. My point is there's a lot of talent still on the board in the third round. And as you look at these pieces, you're probably going to ask yourself, okay, who is it that will be the best fit for the Bills um, for what their their need is? Um, someone like a Ben Cleveland, I mean, you see some you know pictures of him kind of pop up online, 6'6", 354 pounds. According to the Draft Network, he is more of a fit in a power run scheme. I don't know if that is the guy for the Bills when we take a look at this. Um, maybe that's not the interior offensive lineman that stands out to me. When I go along the interior defensive line, you guys know that has been an area that has certainly stood out. Um, you talk about Tyler Shelvin as a guy that really is that one technique run stuffer, big, big boy. Ali McNeil, also a one technique, a little bit smaller, right? I'm a little smaller. He comes in at 320 pounds. Um, maybe brings a little bit more of a um, of a presence on on passing downs than someone like Shelvin does. So, you know, I think that's an interesting situation here. You also have Deontay Brown, interior offensive lineman from Alabama. Um, you know, he has really kind of been falling down draft boards. Again, more of a, a mountain of a man that you would look at as a potential to add depth along the offensive line. And, you know, we, we find ourselves in a, a position here, right, where you have a, a lot of options that really stand out and what can you do. Another guy to me, and I've already drafted one player from Syracuse before, but it is Trill Williams. Trill can really be, call it that light version of a Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa. And I say that meaning, you know, he can be a bit of a positionless receiver. He can play out wide. He can play in the slot. He can be that third safety. Um, not big enough to be um, that third linebacker, right? I mean, coming in just under 200 pounds. But uh, again, brings that level of athleticism and size to the Bills defensive backfield that, uh, again, can provide depth and competition for someone like Teron Johnson, who is in the final year of his contract. So listen, I'll stop beating a dead horse. I've got a, I've been kind of uh, procrastinating on this pick long enough. Um, I've got to make a pick at this point, and I am going to go with one of the interior defensive linemen. I am still going to go with Aleem McNeil. I look at him as someone is providing that depth and eventual replacement for Star Latulale. Um, I'm not sold on the interior defensive line for the Bills. I've talked about that on the podcast before. So I'm going to take McNeil here in the third round as the guy that I think is the next best option for Buffalo. So when I take a look at the picks that I took here, right, it's Jason Owe, the edge from Penn State at number 30. Afiatu Melifanu at number 61, the cornerback from Syracuse. And in the third round at number 93, Aleem McNeil, interior defensive lineman from NC State. So that is the first mock draft that I've got for you today. I'm going to take a quick break. I am going to come back and then we're going to mix things up a little bit. Obviously, we are not going to go defensive end at the first pick at number 30. And we're going to see how that changes some things up. So you are listening to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. I'm Anthony Marino. We'll be right back after this. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to this edition of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Before the break, you heard our first mock draft where we went with an edge defender in the first round, Jason Oway from Penn State. Now we find in our situation looking at an additional mock draft and saying, what if we were going to do things just a little bit differently and addressing the need at cornerback? Now, in this situation, you go through 
And really, when you talk about the best cornerbacks that are available in the draft, right, this is our, our second mock draft of the day. Um, it's a little bit different than what you might have thought. The top names available on the board, Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky, Aaron Robinson from Central Florida, Asante Samuel from Florida State, and then Elijah Molden from Washington and Ifiatu Malafanu from Syracuse. Now, some would certainly argue that drafting one of these cornerbacks might be a little bit of a reach at this time. But honestly, with that, when you talk about someone that could come in and be a starter from day one, someone that could play in the neighborhood of 100% of the snaps and, and truly be an integral piece of the Bills' defense moving forward, um, I don't know if this is too much of a reach. And there's one guy that does stand out on the board as I do talk about this, and it is Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State. Um, as I talked about before the break, you guys know I'm a, a big fan of Melifanwu and everything that he has done at Syracuse. But when you talk about someone in the first round, Samuel has been getting that first round buzz, um, most recently from Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football, who had Asante Samuel Jr. going to the Bills with his first round pick in his most recent mock draft. In addition to that, if you want to make the connections that Sean McDermott was the uh, defensive coordinator and spent time coaching uh, Samuel Jr.'s father, Asante Samuel, and his time with the Philadelphia Eagles, there's certainly a lot of connections that can be made there. So granted the fact that he is ranked number 60th on the board at thedraftnetwork.com, I am still going to make him the pick in this situation. I do like him better than a Kelvin Joseph and Aaron Robinson. And uh, I've seen him mocked in the first round in enough situations that, uh, that I'm comfortable in making this pick for the Bills in this scenario. Now, as I go through with it, right, you, you guys know I am more in favor of addressing the edge position in the first round and then cornerback in, let's call it, uh, a day, day two pick. Um, but let's see what comes available to the Bills when they are on the clock at pick 61 here. Top-rated player on the board is Joseph Asai, the edge defender from Texas. And really, when you talk about those edge defenders, that is the one guy that comes up that is available. Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma went with the pick before. Peyton Turner out of Houston went at pick 57 to the Rams. And Gregory Rousseau, a popular name from Miami, went to the Seahawks at pick 56. Rousseau is definitely a Seahawks type of pick. I can see that, see that one happening. So really the top name available is Joseph Osai, who I am certainly a fan of. I have mocked him to the Bills in the past in a uh, trade-up type of scenario. Now here's the thing with him. He is going to need to put on a little bit of weight, six foot three, 245 pounds. Um, some would say, well, he might be better suited to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. But during the 2020 season with Texas, here is a guy that did play with his hand in the dirt um, in a 4-3 alignment that they use throughout the season. Um, I look at him as a high energy type of guy, a little bit of that smaller build and a, you know, similar to Jerry Hughes coming out of college, obviously to make it Buffalo Bills specific, or even someone like Aziz Ojolari, who is a first round pick, uh, going to be a first round pick in the 2021 draft. So for this example, I will go with Osai the edge defender out of Texas with the second round pick. And I mean, it gives you a couple of options as you you take a look, right? Our first mock draft where you had Jason Owe going first and Ifiatu Melifanwu going second. In this scenario, Asante Samuel Jr. going with the first round pick and Joseph Asai um, really coming in as that edge defender. Um, 
it's going to be an interesting discussion, right? Like you can look at it and say, all right, well, either one of these cornerbacks could potentially be the starter from day one. These guys that are the edge defenders have plenty of upside and what they can do. And then, of course, I've still got to get to the third round pick here coming up for the Bills. So here we are taking a look at what the best available players are. Milton Williams, interior defensive lineman from Louisiana Tech. Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Kenneth Gainwell and Trey Sermon are both there, running backs from Memphis and Ohio State, respectively. Then you can take a look, Trey Smith, the interior offensive lineman from Tennessee. And you have got Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College, also available, I think, for many Bills fans. You talk about the need the need along uh, in the tight end room, right? The comments from Brandon Bean at his end-of-the-year press conference, something that stands out also. Tylen Wallace is an interesting guy, right? Battled through some injuries as he comes back. This is someone that I know Bruce Nolan had mocked to the Bills previously, liking him as an option in the third round. Um, He was a part of mocking the Bills for us just a couple of weeks back. In this scenario, I'm probably going to look to address the interior offensive line. I think for myself and many fans, that is uh, an area where you say, okay, you can have the the opportunity for some depth, add some youth. I think when you look at the options that are here, three guys uh, that stand out. Actually, there's going to be four guys that, that stand out. Um, Trey Smith from Tennessee and Deontay Brown from Alabama, really two of those huge, huge guys that that stand out that I don't know if they are the best fit for the Buffalo Bills. Other option, Aaron Banks from Notre Dame. Again, 6'5", 338. I think for the Bills, they look you know more traditionally for some of those guys, have a little bit of an opportunity to be a little bit more mobile with some of the things that Brian Dable looks for his offensive line to do uh, through the passing game. And that brings me to the fourth guy on the board. And honestly, I was not pegged in on him until recently, um, I heard an interview, and this is Kendrick Green from Illinois on Two for One Drafts. Uh, PFF does a great podcast. I enjoy going to those guys for their insight leading up to the draft. They did an interview with Kendrick Green. Um, everything he talked about, right, making the transition from defensive tackle to offensive line, kind of that nasty edge that he brings. Um, Joe Marino from Locked on Bills and the draft dudes has certainly been high on him as of late. So I'll make Kendrick Green the pick here. Um, this is one I like to add depth. Could be that potential starter at either guard position should the Bills decide to move on in the near future from Cody Ford or John Feliciano. So here's where I am, right? I've got these two different mock drafts. Mock draft number two, Asante Samuel Jr., Joseph Osai, and Kendrick Green, where you've got mock draft number one, where you've got Joseph Owe, you've got Afiatu Melifanwu, and then you've got Aleem McNeil, the defensive tackle from NC State. So I want to know which of these halls you like better. If you look at this, if you say, hey, I'd be good with either one, you get that rotational edge piece that can bring high energy. You've got two guys that could potentially be your starters at cornerback two, maybe even bring some flexibility into the slot. And then those third round picks, right, with the one going with Kendrick Green, some flexibility for the interior offensive line. And then the other, Aleem McNeil on the defensive tackle, adding some depth there, um, certainly at one technique, but has a little bit of hop in his step uh, that I think can add something to the pass rush. So I always appreciate you guys tuning in, going through these mock drafts. I know as we come close to the to the 2021 NFL draft, you're like, Anthony, 
enough with the mock drafts already. But it's always a good time. It's good for discussion. I want to hear from you. So get me back on Twitter at AnthMarino at any time. Hit me up in the comments section at BuffaloRumblings.com. And as always, go Bills.